Welcome to Kings River Life's Mystery Rats Maze podcast, where we share with you mystery short stories and first chapters of mystery novels read by local actors. This episode features the mystery short story, Caught by the Last Star by Nikki Knight. It's read by local actor, Amelia Ryan. If you'd like to help support this podcast, listen for details in the closing of this episode on how to become a patron and get some fun perks. A living legend in her 10th decade needs her morning coffee in a timely fashion or bad things will happen. I didn't expect them to include a run-in with a heartless grifter, but once the natural order is disturbed, anything is possible. I don't obviously really think of myself as a living legend, but working actress of 75 years standing is cumbersome and doesn't quite get the point across. EGOT is nice, but rather showy for daily use. And I do not enjoy being reminded that my Oscar is a supporting one because of Elizabeth's nasty case of pneumonia the year I was nominated as a lead. On an ordinary Tuesday morning in Central Park West, Miss Sawyer will do just fine. That September day, I was meeting my manager and dear friend Derek Dunbar for our twice-weekly walk and coffee. Sometimes business was done, Sometimes it wasn't. Business was never the point. Derek lives a few floors down in the same pre-war building that was comfortable upper-middle class when we moved in. Now, the penthouse, paid for by Howard's and my first Tony winner, is out of range for anyone but a Russian oligarch or app inventor. Someday, my son and granddaughter can sell it for a trip to the moon. The walk in the crisp late summer air was delightful. Perfect weather for my aqua cashmere twin set and Derek's raw silk tweed blazer, both admittedly now vintage. Appropriate, since we are too. The crowd at our favorite Aurora coffee was less of a delight. The line was long, filled with tourists and barely moving, as a new barista... A bald young woman with angry, pale blue eyes struggled to keep up with the exotic requests of the out-of-towners. Our usual barista, Theo, had the annoyed and beleaguered expression of a woman who could see her tips evaporating by the second. The unfolding disaster was virtually the only thing moving in the place. After Theo offered what was clearly a repeated explanation of the proper method to enter an order for a green chai frap, the bald girl sighed and shot her a glare, only to turn to the awkward young man at the other end of the counter with a winning, poor-me expression that would not have been out of place on a studio ingenue. I did not expect things to get better from there. "'Come on, the devil,' otherwise known as Derek, whispered in my ear." No. Aw, Jim, I was up late last night. I just want to get an espresso and sit down. Derek is the only person left who calls me Jim. It's a riff on my actual name, Jimmy Sue, for my mother's favorite brother. When I lied about my age and left my West Virginia hometown to join the wax, I did it as Susan Sawyer, and I never looked back. But Howard officially Hal Corey, liked having something between us that was real, and Derek eventually picked it up too. 
You should be more disciplined on weeknights, I chided, and I can't just... It's not like you aren't giving the nice people something for their trouble, and you haven't done it in weeks. Oh, fine. Far better to endure a moment or two on display than listen to Derek complain. I took a breath, looked around the room, and gave him a wicked little grin. Honestly, when do I have to lick to get some tuna around here? All eyes turned to me. Well, to Queenie, the snarky cat from the Springfields. I'd won my Emmy for voicing the character on the legendary animated show, and I still dropped in occasionally. It's probably fair to say that many people know me far better for her than any of my theater work or the classic movies. I do have a rather distinctive voice. And since the artists had given Queenie my tilted aqua eyes and orange fur that echoed my own red-gold shade, there was even a resemblance. The room parted like the Red Sea. Theo looked up at Derek and me and laughed. Messiah, what a treat! Thanks, I said in my own voice and winked as the patrons waited. Put the turkey down, walk away slowly, and nobody gets hurt. Queenie! Wow, it's really her. She looks like the cat. Stop, it's New York. One pudgy woman in a schlumpy striped polo shirt snapped at her equally pudgy and poloed companion, whacking him on the head with a bus tour brochure. You aren't supposed to stare. Miss Sawyer, why don't you and Mr. Dunbar go over there to the window bench, Theo said, with a glance at the two tech bros who'd manspread to fill a six-person space. Why, thank you, Theo, that's so very kind, I said. We'll happily wait a few minutes to place our orders so you can get caught up. Theo smiled. A true lady, I believed long before I learned manners at the studio, never makes others' lives more difficult than they have to be. Even before we were seated, the requests started. Can you sign my cup? Miss Sawyer, please. Do you do autographs? Well, indeed I did. Well, Queenie did. I signed cups, postcards, tour flyers, and even a taxi receipt with a little paw print that I'd devised for my feline alter ego, a cue with four smaller circles. It was cute without being a formal signature. Can you sign it too? There was something odd about the voice and odder about the person it belonged to, not to mention the request. They were trying for a saleable collector's item rather than a memento of a fun New York moment. It was the bald barista, holding out the cup with sharp calculation in her expression. You don't spend most of a century as a potential meal ticket not to know the look. I've never minded people seeing me and my name as a way to bring in money for a production or a cause. Actually, as a depression baby, I'm still a little proud. But I don't do exploitation. What was going on? I'm sorry, I said sweetly, handing back the cup. I just do Queenie's paw these days. She opened her mouth. Before she could speak, I continued, Are you all right, dear? You look like you're working terribly hard right now. What's your name? Anna. A brave little smile and a blink. 
Her lashes had that thick, natural look the girls favor these days. I think if you're going to trouble with mascara, you go full out, but nobody asked me. Anna was still talking. I don't mind the work, though it's a little hard being sick and all. Sick? I was hoping the hair was a fashion statement, I said, knowing she wanted me to give her the opening. Yes, I get awfully tired sometimes. Leukemia is ugly. She said it in an almost proud tone, clearly waiting for us to fawn over her in sympathy. Unfortunately, I was the wrong mark. I know. My husband died of it, but that was before all the modern treatments. What kind do you have? I, uh... For a second she seemed stricken, then quickly looked at the bar. I should get back. Theo will kill me if I leave her too long. She scooted away. Derek watched her. I don't like what I'm thinking. Neither do I. I toyed with the rollerball pen I kept in my purse for Queenie sightings. Howard fought it for twenty years like the lion he was. Derek's quiet tone carried decades of pain and loss. Howard had been the love of both of our lives in different ways. He never worked it, I nodded. And that girl has eyelashes. Derek's own eyes, pale gray, and surrounded with a very nice dark fringe. He'd been a beautiful young man and was still a looker with three-quarters of a century behind him, widened. Eyelashes? If she's in strong enough chemo that her hair and eyebrows are gone, she should have lost her lashes, too. Derek's jaw tightened. It had been Howard's tell, too. Let me go put in our order and see what I can pick up. I'll observe from here. By the time he'd ordered his espresso, a triple, I hope there was a good story to go with it, and my large café au lait, I'd gotten a very good look at Anna in action and came to the conclusion that there was indeed something going on here. There's a second tip jaw for her care fund, Derek said as he sat, decorated with rainbows and unicorns. Bad taste is an evidence of bad faith. True enough. But she does seem to be allowing the boy to do her work for her, and she definitely doesn't like Theo. Who's taken my name in vain? The lady herself held out two cups. Her voice still had a faint, appealing echo of the island where she was born, though her cheery smile was undercut by the tiny furrow in her usually smooth mahogany brow. Sorry, Theodosia. Derek took his cup with a little bow. We were just discussing the new barista. She does, in fact, hate me, Miss Sawyer. Theo handed me my cup. Started out nice enough and turned all edgy. Thank you. I took a small sniff of the rich coffee and milk perfume, better than Shalimar these days. She did much the same with me just now. Didn't do something she wanted, I bet. She's a textbook manipulator. Theo is working her way through a master's in criminology at John Jay, one overpriced latte at a time. She's playing Kyle for all he's worth. Poor guy has a bad case of the knight in shining armor. Typical man. Typical straight man, please, Derek corrected. 
Julie noted. I'm pretty sure he's giving her money, and then there's that jar. Theo shook her head. If she didn't have leukemia... What if she doesn't? Derek asked. Theo's eyes widened. Who'd fake that? No one you'd want to know, but it can happen, I said. Remember that woman in Massachusetts? You know, we studied that case a couple semesters ago, Theo nodded. I wrote a spec script on an earlier one, Derek shrugged. Never got made, because back then people didn't believe it could really happen. We've seen enough to believe a lot worse now, I sighed. Would have been a great part for me. So what do we do? Send her over, Derek glanced to me. Tell her we want to help, I added. Anna walked to our table with her sweet smile back in place, batting those telltale lashes at Derek, the way young straight women sometimes do when trying to impress older gay men. Never understood why. So, Anna, Thea told me about your troubles. I motioned to the chair by Derek. Please sit. She did, moving with far more ease than anyone going through the racking onslaught of chemo should have. I would like to contribute something to your care if I could. Where are you being treated? I can send them... Oh, all different places. You can just write a check to me. Being right is sometimes so depressing. I was born at night, dear, but not last night. I held her gaze. What's really going on here? She looked to Derek. Um, it's a very nice scam if you can run it, honey, he said. Money and sympathy and everyone treating you like the little heroine, pretty sweet. What do rich people like you know about... I had one pair of shoes until I was 15 and was grateful for it, I said, allowing an arctic chill into my tone. You don't get to play good people for fools. Derek pulled his phone out of his pocket. He didn't need to. The two neighborhood beat officers had just walked in, as they often do. Anna stood. Really? Derek glared. She cast about for a moment, considering her next move. I stopped her with a glance. Cancer isn't known for making one fleet of foot, and a cell phone video of you dashing out of here won't help you with a jury. Ten minutes later, the show was over, and the tourists had moved on to stake out the horrid new skyscraper a block down in hopes of seeing the rap star who'd just moved in. Theo came over with a plate bearing two perfect madeleines. Just wanted to thank you, too. No thanks necessary, Derek said. Always good to see the right thing happen, I agreed. And even better, to be able to make it happen. Good day's work, Jim. As Theo walked away, Derek raised his madeleine to me, like the toasts of ages past. If we have to be legends, we might as well do some good with it. This reading of Caught by the Last Star was produced by Kings River Life and directed by Lori Lewis Hamm. You can learn more about the author on her website, KathleenMarplecalb.com. That's KathleenMarplecalb.com. If you'd like to help us be able to continue to bring you more mystery fun, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash kingsriverlife. 
Even a dollar a month can make a difference, and we could really use your support. Watch for even more great perks coming soon for our patrons. A shout out to new patron mystery author Deborah H. Goldstein. We also have some cool merchandise available on Redbubble. Check the show notes for the link and for the links to our websites and social media. For more podcast fun, check out Five Compelling Questions with Sean. Join award-winning author, editor, and publisher Sean Riley Simmons as she chats with best-selling, well-established, and up-and-coming writers about their work, the author life, and the process behind creating compelling fiction. You can find them in all the usual podcast places and their website, seanreillysimmons.com slash podcast.html. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And if you enjoy this episode, please rate or review it as this helps make us easier for others to find. And be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, this is your announcer wishing you a life full of mystery. Thank you.